Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. Here in the United States, skiers don't get a heck of a lot of attention from the media. Uh, every four years, someone may break through at the Olympic Games, uh, but, but, and there are a handful of skiers who have, have gotten a lot of attention, Bodie Miller being one, Gus, Ken, Gus Kenworthy another. But when Hig Roberts appeared in the New York Times and Out Magazine and a bunch of other places about a month ago, it's safe to say most Americans probably didn't know who he was. What was so great about all of the attention his coming out story got was that it got all of this attention. And as Hig tells me in our conversation, the overwhelmingly positive reaction that he received, not just on social media and other places, but from people in the sport. Skiing has very, very, very few out athletes in it, particularly at uh, at Higgs level. There, and there are various kinds of skiing. There's freestyle, which is what Gus Kenworthy does. Uh, Hig Roberts just tries to go down an icy path as fast as he possibly can. So uh, there just hadn't been an elite level alpine skier to come out. So that's why it was just, you know, really amazing to see the attention that Higgs gotten. Uh, and as we talk in the conversation to hear what he wants to do with this newfound attention and hint, hint, it's all really positive. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with new Angelino skier, Hig Roberts. Hig, thank you so much for joining me. And after an 18 hour drive from Colorado, the first thing you do is, is go right to your new apartment and talk to me. So I feel privileged. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it will definitely be memorable of this, uh, this little uh, stretch of a day I've had. So I'm happy to be here and happy to discuss and, and meet you. Adventure, the last few weeks, the reaction to your story, let's start with the media. How much, how much have you been overwhelmed by the media attention? Uh, I mean, you know, I, as I was going through this process and starting to understand what it was exactly I was uh, going to do with this, uh, I had no expectations. Um, I didn't really know if people wanted to hear my story. And I was actually, um, didn't even know, you know, as I talked about in my story and some of my um, posts on social media, I never knew that, you know, I, I had convinced myself through many uh, dark times that this, this, you know, I eventually knew I would come to embrace who I was, but to speak about it out loud and to um, uh, really take some time to decompress from my ski career and then um, uh, the investment banking career I had following that, I I thought uh, I was ready. So I felt very prepared, and you know, um, it was it's been an incredible uh, journey thus far, and um, you know, more than that, I've I feel. Uh, I'm breathing again, and um, life feels gentle and easier than it has in a long time. So um, I'm just really, I feel very lucky and blessed to have um, people supporting me and, uh, you know, wanting to hear more of my story and discuss this with me. Who, who you say people are supporting you? How has that support shown up to you? Oh, it's, I mean, it was, it was pretty overwhelming. I actually, like I said, I was uh, it was pretty last minute when the New York times picked it up. Um, and you know, then it was all of a sudden going to be on the Sunday post and I found out maybe two days before. So, 
Um, you know, the great thing is I have really, really close uh, relationships with family and friends and um, some former teammates. And, you know, it had been months and in, in a long time um, where I had, you know, caught them up on what's going on and discussed, you know, what I was doing. So when the story, I actually slept in on Sunday and I, I actually forgot that the story was out, but waking up, you know, my phone was on silent and, you know, realized, oh yeah, like this happened. So I think it couldn't have been better, uh, better timing and to, to spend, you know, this last month truly catching up with people and, uh, you know, also acquainting them with this kind of new start I've, I'm living has been, uh, has been um, amazing. Have you heard from teammates, former competitors? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the sport of ski racing, alpine ski racing, is very unique in the sense that, um, you know, it's a very individual sport. Um, it's very cutthroat. We, uh, it, when you reach the professional level, when you're on the U.S. ski team racing on the World Cup, um, you know, it's almost a classic example of, of these guys you travel with. You spend every day with them. Um, you travel the world, you, 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 you know, most of the time in ski racing, you're not winning. So you're failing together, you're succeeding together, but same time, they're, they're your biggest competitors. So you develop unique relationships with people. Um, but at the end of the day, um, our sport is so tough and brutal. And um, it's been really cool to, um, you know, give more depth to what was going on with me during my time um, as a professional athlete. Um, and, you know, letting my teammates know I had incredibly supportive teammates um, and, you know, uh, helping them kind of understand that, you know, moving forward, this is something all of us are going to do together to make life easier for people like me. Um, so it's, it's, uh, those are been great conversations. Knowing what you know now, having seen the reaction from people in skiing, do you look back and think, Hmm, Maybe I, maybe I could have been out while I was competing. Or do you look back and say, oh, thank God I didn't do that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a question that's always going to be, um, you know, somewhat unanswered for me. But also, I think that's okay. Because I took the journey to, to get to where I am now and to, to come out when I did. And I have to believe that, you know, it was ultimately... Um, enabled me to learn things I might not have learned if I had come out earlier. Um, there were big obstacles that were very also unique to me at the time. Um, when I was really starting to go through this, uh, this crisis of trying to understand, uh, trying to battle this idea of how do I fit in this world and, you know, gaining strength to come out. And, you know, there was a point in time when I was, uh, 23, 24, when, um, I really was ready to do it. Um, and I, you know, ultimately, uh, about two months after that, that time where it was, I was preparing myself to do it. Uh, my little brother passed away. Um, and that changed everything. I actually retired from the sport. Um, so in a way it was almost a relief that that would be the, the next step for me, but I found myself, um, coming back to the sport and feeling very closeted with my feelings of grief and pain and tragedy, because at the end of the day, our sport requires a hundred percent mental stimulation 
And I couldn't even share with my teammates what I was going through. And I felt like I was getting, um, I, I felt very on the outside already. So I just did not know how to add that on top of this. Um, in addition to being in a very precarious position with my team in terms of funding and um, just being able to be there, that worried me as well. I, I, I might, my, uh, ultimately the decisions of how I existed in the space were um, dictated by, uh, you know, other people and I didn't know them well enough. And I, uh, I ultimately, you know, for lack of better, better words, I, um, I continued to fight, fight it on my own, which I don't know if that was the right decision, but I, I learned a lot, <laughs> um, moving forward. And has anybody from the skiing community, uh, had a bad reaction that you know of? No, um, not that I know of. I mean, I think there has been um, you know, it, maybe there's been some comments online that I, you know, I'm, I haven't necessarily seen, um, but I've been made aware of, but, you know, the great thing is that there's been, uh, you know, uh, acquaintances and, and people I don't know who are, who have been very upfront about letting people know how, you know, important this narrative is within not just the ski space, because, you know, I am the first alpine male athlete to do this in a um but also just in sports in general um it's a narrative that still needs to be told so um it's been i can't even count on one hand negativity or uh from from people that i know this is the thing that we struggle with at outsports and then have for 20 years i've been writing about this since 1999 when you were what five or something um and we keep hearing this same thing that when people come out in sports, yeah. they're shocked by how much support there is, former teammates, right. competitors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I wish you told me, I love you, nothing changes. How do we how do we get through to the the guys in sports to see that possibility instead of the fear that they are so often consumed by? Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, I couldn't agree more. And that, that's what makes all of this um, somewhat hard to in, internalize because I, uh, you know, I, while that was a strong possibility, if I had, you know, come out and had this, you know, same level of support that I am now, um, who knows what could have happened. But I think it comes down to, uh, and this is a big motivation for me, um, speaking up about it um and i and you know it's funny because my platform um i'm not well known in the us for you know i i, I have a couple national titles and i have a very unique story within the space but uh oh well, i just have a couple of national titles you know well, I, I, but you know deal. ski racing it's it's a you know it's a it's a you know to be completely honest it's a it's a sport that um you know i grew up in ski town usa it was a i was on skis before i could you know, at the same time I was walking. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an incredibly niche sport, but it's, it, it, um, over in Europe, it's massive, you know, it's, it's the, it's the American football equivalent, uh, in, you know, Austria, Switzerland, Norway, Sweden, it's, it's massive. I'm known over there. I, I, I'm on TV over there. So, um, that being said, the problem getting back to that question is that it's a, the problem is, the, is a lack of visibility, right? So for me, I, I reconciled at a young age that I was gay and that it was going to be okay. Um, and I actually was kind of relishing it a bit because I knew it was pushing me, my, me harder. I, I, I'm a, I have a twin sister who is 
you know, bigger, stronger, faster, just excelled more than I did as a young boy. And, um, you know, I, I, I realized that I was different and I thought it was okay. But then as I started climbing the ranks, I started to understand, I didn't see anyone or hear of anyone who was thinking the same way I was. And that, that ultimately is what, you know, kind of led me into this, um, illusion that my brain was maybe playing a trick on me because how could it be possible um you know so it's 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 uh you know it's ultimately increasing uh the visibility of athletes like us existing and you're seeing that happening um more and more and the hope is that that kind of this this trend i mean i know it's hard to say it's a trend but i know that it will be better from here on out and eventually stories like mine will be non-events and it will be you know, being uh, LGBT in a professional sport will be, um, you know, no different from what ski brand you choose to ski on. So that's the hope here. Um, and it's going to take more people. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways we've accepted it in some sense, um, or tolerated in some sense, but that's the difference from accepting it. So acceptance will come from creating more narratives and, 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 of people like me who, um, who are able to, uh, you know, uh, to do it and, and be the person you are. So, yeah, well, this is, this is why outsports exists. Our, our tagline yeah. is courage is contagious because yeah, we like see every time somebody shares their story, somebody else gets the courage to share theirs. And right. frankly, I know a gay skier mm -hmm. and he's really scared that he's going to get found out because mm -hmm. You know, there's there's Gus, but he doesn't do what Gus does, and yep. um, and now there's you, and that's amazing because now he has somebody to point to and say, right, well, maybe you did it after you stopped competing, but right, he's been able to see the support of, from uh, U.S. ski team and different skiers, and and you now he has a resource to reach out to to you. So, yeah, sharing your story has yeah very very powerful repercussions. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, the most incredible thing is that I've, I've had um, athletes, uh, you know, different age ranges from all over the world, uh, write me and uh, tell me what they're going through. And, it, and it's, it's really touching um, because without even knowing these people, I can almost just teleport right to that headspace. And, you know, and, and without with respecting, understanding that it's going to be ultimately their decision and they're going to come to it at their time. And it's not my place to encourage that for them, but just, uh, being someone who can, uh, just, you know, show that it will be okay. And that, um, they got to just, they got to keep going and love themselves. And, um, you know, ultimately when they do come out, people will accept it. It's, it's the, it's the delicate balance that we've played that I've played for 20 years. How do you, you don't want to try to push somebody out of the closet, but you do want to push them to see the possibility of it. Right. And that's a difficult balance sometimes because you do, if you feel, somebody starts feeling pressure, uh, that's not a good thing. It's, everyone's going to be different in the way that they, they, they arrive at the destination. But, uh, you know, we have, everyone has the right, I, I do believe that, what I've learned so much through this is that at a young age, I was able to turn this perceived weakness that I had in myself of being different from my, my friends and my, my family and 
um, understanding that this is actually a strength. Um, unfortunately, I lost that along the way when I needed it most when I was a professional, which is ironic. But, you know, ultimately what I'm doing now is saying, you know, being that, being that kid and, and going through this, uh, you know, I don't ever want to do it again. And I, I hope people don't have to do it, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, it built me into, to understanding these tough lessons and, you know, moving forward, I know I'm set up a lot better. Talking to David McFarland, who you're working with now and, and who frankly did a great job rolling out your story. Um, one of the things that he talked about was the, the, the moments for you right before you leave the gate. He said that there's some real deep stuff there for you. What was he talking about? Yeah, um, you know, I think, so shout out to David for, yeah, David is uh, an incredible uh, manager and, um, you know, someone I feel very lucky to have run into and helped me through this process incredibly. Uh, you know, it was almost the first story I told him when I was introducing myself to him. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it sticks out very memorably to me because in my sport, you are, when you're in the starting gate, you are as isolated as it gets. You're standing up there about to go down, you know, essentially an inverted hockey rink, if you can imagine. Um, the way they prepare the snow at this World Cup level is they, they spray it with uh, like literally fire hoses for days. And, and you know, it's, it's harder than uh, a piece of marble. Um, it's very intimidating. And then in Europe on the World Cup level, you have 30, 40, 50,000 drunk people yelling at you. And it's, it's, it's chaos it's a fest it's a it's a massive party and tv cameras are on you um it's very it's a very tough thing for most americans and, Cana and canadians to uh adjust to over there but on top of it it was those were the hardest moments for me because all of a sudden it was i was alone um and i knew that you know to to be successful in my sport you have to be the mental fitness you have to have the physical fitness you have to have everything that needs to, to, to break in your favor for you to, to succeed. You know, it's a game of literally hundreds, you know, I, I, you know, miss my Olympic opportunity by a matter of hundreds, you know? Um, so staying up there, it's, it's all or nothing. And it's, you know, on top of that, there's a lot of danger involved. So I would stay in the starting gate and um, I could not get it out of my head that I was not being true and that I was a, a fraud or the, and that I was, um, you know, merely surviving instead of thriving in this sport. Um, because I just, I wasn't a happy person. So saying the start gate, you know, I would, I would think a lot about, uh, you know, I try to think about what I need to do skiing. Um, and I would also, you know, dedicate a lot of my runs to my, you know, my late younger brother Murphy, um, and channel him, um, to, you know, help me get this job done. But every you know, most of the time I kick out of the gate and I'm thinking the last thing I think of myself before I have to take on this incredible, um, incredibly difficult run is that you are gay and you're alone. Um, and that was a, started to be a pattern of, uh, you know, negative feedback loop in my brain with you no know, uh, psychology where the more I tried to push that out, the more it would just, just, cement itself in me um so yeah it's a truly you know alone in the start gate and also you know feeling truly alone in life at that moment it what strikes me is that 
I was a, not nearly the level you were, but in high school, I was a, a, a runner. And the last thing, even though I was closeted, the last thing on my mind was that I was gay or any yeah. of them. All I could think of was, all right, the guy on my left, that's only got to be, can't get yep. more. He has to stay, the distance running, he has to stay in my, my, my vision. Or um, I was also a hurdler. All I could think about it was like, you know, one, two, three, go, one, two, three. Like the, like the, the race was in my head. It's all I could think about. I can't imagine yeah. trying to go down at a, a, a vertical ice hockey rink at a hundred miles an hour with only a helmet on and, and thinking about the, your, the struggles of your personal life. I, I can, yeah. do you look back now and think if I could have erased that, maybe I, I could have gone six hundredths of a second faster? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's a question that, um, you know, missing the Olympics in 2018 is something that I would say I um, got over and, you know, and, you know, uh, my career is so it's, you know, it's almost two years since retirement, but in a way I, uh, the, the burnout I had from it in general has left me, you know, not so much missing it um, for what, it, for the actual competing part. Um, but, you know, I know as time progresses, I'll look back on that and that will be, you know, uh, that will, it's, that's it. to me, I honestly believe that it did keep me from, you know, fully reaching my potential. And I think the reason why I focused on uh, that, that, that nagging, uh, you know, being closeted in the start gate and um, the grief and depression and anxiety that I was struggling with through my brother and seeking therapy and um, all this extra stuff that I didn't feel like anyone else in the whole entire field or within the scariest world was going through. Um, it's because in terms of my, like, you know, uh, physical, uh, and raw talent that I had for the sport. Um, I think I had what it took. Um, and you know, I worked, I would, you know, I worked insanely hard to get to where I was. I, I was, I'm truly an underdog story. Um, uh, you know, uh, to get there, but it was, you know, it was all done because I just loved it so much. And, um, you know, there's people out there much better than me, but I always knew that my mental game was, was going to completely destroy my career and not let me reach that full potential. So I think, you know, when, when negativity starts to flow and you start to lose confidence, it's, you know, and psychology shows this type of thing. It's so much easier to go negative than it is positive. So that became my focus, unfortunately. And it was, it's, yeah, it, it, it will, it will definitely uh, be in my, my mind that unfortunately this, this probably, you know, it did hold me back in pretty major ways. Last week you got on the slopes again. How did it feel? Oh, it was amazing. I, uh, yeah, I don't ski. I mean, I, I'm, coronavirus and what we're going through right now um you know is definitely limiting the ability to, to do things like that but yeah i got out with my dad um and we went to house and hill which is the small you know uh city-owned ski club that we grew up competing at and taking the bus from school every afternoon and skiing under the light so uh it's always an amazing feeling um i there was a there was a few junior groups getting there when we were leaving and just seeing the kids 
get excited about skiing and coming from school. I just, I miss that part of it. And uh, it's always, I, I always said this and I told David this, I've told, you know, as I was telling the story, um, when I was going down the mountain on my skis, it was always the best therapy ever for me. It, I've, I haven't run into anything else in life that's come so naturally for me um, in, in such an impassioned way that I have with skiing. So I'll always love skiing. It's a lifelong sport. So, yeah. You're, uh, I see you have the LA Kings hat. You, you're already, you've already stepped right into LA culture. Uh, you've made the move to the city. Uh, of oh God. Yeah, that's a little um, embarrassing. Um, what's new? <laughs> uh, well, I should be wearing my avalanche hat, and uh, that no, 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 the king's hat is perfect. The uh, we'll see, we'll we'll see. It. The avalanche are looking good this year, but um, yeah. So moving to LA was uh, something that I had on my mind for a while, um, especially after relocating back to the U.S. Um, during the pandemic, and um, you know going through this process and, and trying to improve myself as a person first. Um, and, you know, my love, you know, as I've been going through this, I've started to really analyze what it is I want my impact to be moving forward. What is it? What is it? How can I pursue something I'm incredibly passionate about as well as make a difference? Um, Cause that's a big tenement, you know, a central part of what my family does. I have a brother who's a politician. I have a sister who's a teacher. My mom is, you know, a volunteer uh, in our community and works in local government. And I, I started to see my trajectory getting back into the sports world um, and where that will land me exactly. I'm not sure, but I would, you know, I'm really looking to help, uh, you know, not only in this space, helping other young athletes and, and education programs, um, you know, in sports as well as in general, um, in LGBT community, um, there's lots of opportunities here in Los Angeles for that. And as well, um, you know, see what I can, what impact I can make, you know, specifically within the professional sports world and with Olympics. Um, we have, you know, potentially two Olympics within six months if Tokyo gets off and Beijing falls. It's, an, it's a very unique opportunity for, um, and I think great timing too for me because the Olympics have, in my opinion, could do so much more to help our community as well as our the world move together in a very synonymous, productive way. Right now, Olympic athletes are often muted. We're often told not to tell our political views. Um, we don't, you know, we don't earn enough for what the the dedication we make. And so it's, uh, you know, and the Olympics are in LA in 2028, and I think it's probably going to be the best Olympics we've ever seen. So I'm. Uh, trying to get involved as much as I can. And did it mean something to you when the USOCP, um, the US, uh, no, USOPC, they've changed yeah. their name, right? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the US Olympic and Paralympic Committee, when they said that we want to change the rules about political um, speech at the Olympics, did you, have you seen that? They, they've, they've said that we want to change that. Does that yeah. give you hope? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, right now we're seeing athletes um, and I and I, I have teammates and, um, you know, uh, athletes are still on the ski team right now who are, I think, for the first time ever. And some of these are pretty distinguished athletes who had a big platform for a while, for the first time, really starting to use their voices and do more than just compete. And 
Um, I think it's, I think there's tremendous potential in, you know, Olympic athletes and the Olympic committee and the Olympic movement to embrace this idea of getting, getting on board more with what's going on in normal society. We're seeing society literally progress right in front of our eyes right now. And, it, and, you know, I'm very hopeful, you know, we have, um, I remember the first time it caught my eye was Casey Wasserman of, you know, Wasserman Media Group reaching out to the Olympic Committee and saying, um, athletes need a voice and we're going to encourage that in LA. And, you know, also LA simultaneously having the, the Paralympics, um, you know, for the first time, it's, it's, a, it's a great step forward. So I'm very hopeful about it. And um, Olympic athletes are great people. We're kind of norm, more normal and we don't make too much and we're kind of the type of you know uh you know maybe not i actually can't really say it because i missed the olympics so <laughs> i'll hold back on i can't categorize myself in there but from what i've seen the olympic athlete is very relatable to more people and athletes and the struggles athletes go through you know it needs to be related to uh you know they go through very similar things that all of us do and they have a great you know responsibility and obligation to to give back and inspire so well, they, I think it's why every year, every four years, every two years now, people fall in love with Olympic athletes because they start, they see their stories mostly on yeah. NBC and they realize it's always some kid who grew up in a barn in Nebraska or some, something yeah. like this. It's that, that's, that's the Olympic or some, you know, kid uh, just, you know, picking up a, a sport in, in uh, downtown LA yeah. and uh, right. you've never heard of him before and you're like, wow this is amazing. I wish I could have more of these people. And, and I wish we could have more of Olympic sports and, and, and more of those athletes because, you know, we get inundated with these, these multimillionaires and it's people like you just trying to make ends meet and following their passion uh, yeah. that, that really speaks to people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, my mom, I remember my mom always saying, you know, um, my grandpa was, you know, he was on, we was in the Olympic uh, hockey system. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, it's a little bit, and, you know, I'm actually named after my grandpa. So, um, it, you know, my mom was always having this sense of like, oh, it's meant to be or type of thing. Um, unfortunately, I didn't follow up on my end of the bargain, but, you know, she'd always say the Olympic athlete is, is kind of how the person you want your kid to grow up to be. Um, so we're missing out a little bit there and on the world stage and, you know, the amount of, money that goes into the Olympic Olympic, you know, every two years is incredible. And, and, and it's, it just, there's a really good opportunity there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm thrilled that you're joining our team and uh, yeah. making, uh, help, helping to make sports a more welcoming place. My last question for you. Okay. And this is, this is the, this is, and you can't, you can't, you can't beg out of the question. You got to answer the question. All right. I, I saw you got like 20,000 or 25,000 followers on Instagram. Yep. How many requests for a date have you gotten since that story ran? Oh, uh, zero. <laughs> um, I, 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 why did I not say you can't say zero? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm sure that there was a zero at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm putting you on the spot. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, I know that I had three people reach out to me to ask me how to get a hold of you. So I okay. think it was at least yeah. three. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. I got your blessing too. I love it. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, I, we at Outsports are here to help. If there's anything we can do to elevate your voice, 
or make connections for you or help you in any way, um, help you help the rest of us make change. Yep. That's what we're here for. So I appreciate you taking the time and now you can go unpack. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, wanting to tell my story. It actually, it, it, you know, all of this is just exciting for me and I feel really lucky to, to, uh, to tell it and to, um, you know, make a difference. And that, that is my intention moving forward is let's all get at the table together and, and, and uh, make the world better. And, you know, sports is the best, I think one of the best avenues to, uh, to do it. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be part of this community. One of the benefits of having a name as unique as Hig Roberts is you get to pretty much choose your Twitter and social media handles. So no big surprise, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Hig Roberts. I think on Twitter he puts a space between his two names. Uh, really appreciate Hig taking the time. Uh, I'm not sure I would have committed to an interview right after an 18-hour drive, but I'm glad, glad he uh, was able to spend some time with us. Next week, I'm super excited about the conversation. I've been trying to track this guy down. Well, I've, I've known him for many years, but he just he's very popular, very busy, and has not had time to, to spend with us on the podcast. And so I'm really excited. Olympic medalist, super fun guy. I'm not telling you who it is, but you'll have to come back next week and check it out. But he's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for next week. Uh, I hope you are well and healthy and happy, and we'll talk to you next week.